following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, to play pinball and put in your earplugs put on your eye shades you know where to put the cork Night sweats. I, I, I figured you'd get around to playing them at some point. Yeah, I was just waiting for the right opportunity. Okay. I figured this morning would be best as any. So. Sure. Why My not? new favorite band. It's July 28th, and we got plenty of stuff to talk about today. It's the Tom Dupree Show. Mike Johnson sitting in. How are you, Mike? Doing wonderful. Thank you. Good. So you've got some interesting things. Uh, I might add that, um, and I probably need to say this at the beginning of our our uh, eight o'clock broadcast every week, is that uh, we were we are with Dupree Financial Group, um, which is a registered investment advisor, especially specializing in retirement planning and investment advice. So most. All of our clients are investing for retirement. They are either prior to, they're either pre-retirement or during retirement. And what we uh, really try to do is create dividends and income from their accounts that so that they can live off the income and not t- tap into the principle of their uh, investments in order to live. That's the idea. That's the hope. Some people have to take a higher than normal, uh, distribution. And so sometimes some people do tap into their principal, but for the most part, we try to keep people from doing that. And that's, that's our focus. Our focus in retirement is on income, not so much having a lot of money in your retirement account because it's only as good as how much income it will produce. Right. So here's an article uh, by Diana Yoakum at nerdwallet.com. Could your household get by on the average retirement income? The average household led by a retiree makes 48000 annually before taxes and spends r- roughly 46000 That's according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics measure of the income and outflow of older households. While the main source of money for those still living in the nine to five world is of course wages from work, who signs the average retiree's $4,000 a month paychecks? Here's the answer. Uh, By far the biggest 
source of income for retired Americans is Social Security. As of May, the average monthly Social Security benefit was $1,412, or just around 17000 bucks a year. Now, what what are we t- going to be talking about here? Because, I, I mean, this is stuff we know. But <laughs> Yeah. I'm- so um, when, when somebody's getting into retirement, yeah. um, obviously you have to look at what the sources of income would be. Um, for a lot of people, the biggest portion is what this is saying is social security. Right. Um, the red flag for me is especially for younger workers, uh, that may not be the case by the time they get to retirement because social security, they may lower payments. They may increase the retirement age. There's a lot of things that could be done or changed that could hurt, uh, that income stream. Now for people that are currently in retirement or let's say you're, 40s 50s that's probably not going to be the case um but you have to look at what your expenses are expected to be when you retire look at what the social security is and then look at what your 401k or retirement savings are and figure out is is this something that uh, am i going to be able to generate an income stream from that that's going to meet my monthly expenses yeah, and you got to be fairly conservative about it also. Right. That's why we typically don't recommend for people to retire until they absolutely feel like they have to. Right. Um, one one thing this, this touches on, and this is a question I've had uh, a number of times here recently in meetings, is should I take Social Security at 62 or full retirement age, which might be 66 in some odd months or basically 67? Um, the, the answer, it really depends. It depends on the person's situation. Um, if you're continuing to work, uh, either full-time or part-time, it may make sense to wait until you're 67 full retirement age because social security, they, uh, penalize you in the form of a tax. If you make over about 18,000 a year, it's a pretty hefty penalty essentially. Um, it's, it's a easy calculation when we're sitting down with you, we can show you the numbers, uh, and, right. and, and cause we're not social security experts. That's why you have a social security department. You can call and find out what we do is we analyze cash flow. Yeah. So we can analyze what your cash flow would be and what that break even period would be if you should take it at 62 or 67. Right. Um, but typically, on average, you're looking at about a 12-year break-even. So let's say you are retired, you're not working anymore, you start taking it at 62, you look at how much you would collect from 62 to 67, and then you compare that if you start taking it at 67, mm-hmm. what the difference would be and how long it would take to make up the basically five years of income. Right. On average, that's about 12 years break even. So if you live longer than 12 years, then it might make sense to take it at six. So that, that's, that's the game you play with social security. Cause the payout is a good bit higher at 67 than it is at 62. It, it increases about 8% a year on average. Yeah. Uh, the, the longer you wait, but if you're continuing to work and if your income's more than 18,000, um, that break even period gets shorter, uh, because the, they're going to penalize you. So your monthly payment is essentially lower. Right. Um, so 
we can show you the numbers and calculate that on a one-on-one basis to show you. So we talk, I mean, our, our role um, to our clients is obviously on the portfolio management mm-hmm. um, to generate that income stream. Well, this this filters directly into that because we want to make sure you're getting the you're optimizing the different income sources that you have. Yeah, because uh, that equals a, a more successful retirement. That's right. Talking about the <laughs> social security, social security, <laughs> social security. You know, it is about cash flow in retirement, and people say, "Well, what do you mean by that?" How much money's coming in versus what's going out? It's that simple. That's what we look at in companies, also, by the way, that we yep. analyze for companies that we would select for our investment accounts. We look at their cash flow. Mm-hmm. How much money is coming in versus what's going out? Not so much at earnings, but cash flow, because that will tell you where you need to be putting your money. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be an indicator of uh, financial health, which is the same sort of financial health we would like for our retirees, our clients to have also. Right. And a lot of times our clients are told by the industry, our industry, just put your money in growth and um, it'll work out you'll be able to take enough of a distribution from your growth, you know, to, um, to cover your income or to cover your expenses. But the problem is when you get an event like 08 or 09, where, where the market, the bottom drops out and you say it's down 30% that year and you're looking at having to take your income, your quote income from, a declining asset value. I, I think this is one of the biggest deals that people should listen to because they forget about what the market can do to them. They forget very quickly. You know, it's been 10 years basically since 2008, but we remember it like it was yesterday. Right. Another um, uh, thing I've, I've read a lot here recently um and I've seen it with uh, new uh, portfolios that have been coming in. A lot the, the way a lot of portfolios are managed, especially if they're using ETFs and funds, it, it's it's sold on the premise of you have sixty percent of the portfolio in income, quote unquote income uh, funds, and then forty percent thereabouts in growth. And the idea is you leave the growth alone mm-hmm. to grow over time. And then you use the income to, to generate uh, your monthly needs. Here's the problem with that. Let's say you have a $200,000 portfolio and you're taking $8,000 a year. So mm-hmm. 4% withdrawal rate. Let's just split the, let's do 50, 50 growth and in income. Well, if you're going to be tapping the income portion, the 50%, right. you're actually taking an 8% withdrawal rate from that portion. Okay, the growth, the idea of having it split up is that you can let the growth grow over time. Well, what if you have a market downturn? And even if it is split between the two, you're still taking an 8%. You're depleting your principal on the income side. And then the growth side, you're hoping that grows. But if the market goes down, 
you're gonna it's it's gonna take even longer for right. that to get above where it was. So yeah, even in that scenario, you're still running the risk of a depletion of principal. Right, and you're not getting income from a hundred percent of your portfolio, which is we try to exactly set it up so that most everything in the portfolio is paying some sort of dividend. Exactly, it's the Tom Dupree show. Stay with us. It's News Radio six thirty WLAP. From work to kids to running errands, you're always on the go. To work, the gym, or running errands. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Hey, Alexa, play News Radio 630 WLAP on iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree, Jr. Our firm, Dupree Financial Group, has been engaged in the management of retirement investment accounts of our clients for nearly 14 years. My personal time in the investment business spans 40 years. We bring experience to the table in managing your retirement dollars. If you would like a seasoned and experienced manager to handle your investment portfolio, then give us a call. To schedule a complimentary review of your retirement investments, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 or send an email to info at DupreeFinancial.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Sweats, Bo? Nathaniel Ratliff in the Night Sweats. Okay. Yeah, so we'll do them for the rest of the hour. All right. Retirement planning, anybody can do. Retirement income planning can be scary. What if you don't have enough income? What if there is an emergency? Can we afford to stay in our home? Although the questions may seem complex, the math is quite simple. I would actually, if it's really simple, I would call it arithmetic, not math. Add up your total income, number one. Add up your total expenses. <laughs> Do, is one greater than the other? If it's not, you got a problem. <laughs> number three, determine the difference. And we hope that the difference is a plus number for in, from the income to the expense column. Add up your total assets. Determine the potential income from the assets. You know, what amazes me is that the people that we see that really haven't done this, right? The very basic stuff, you know, are we going to have enough They're They've got their fingers crossed. They're knocking on wood, but this is a simple thing. I think a lot of times people don't want to look at this because it's scary to them. It's very frightening. They don't know what it's going to be. Uh, they have a sense that they're either cash flow positive or cash flow negative. 
And um, even the ones that are cash flow positive tend to not sometimes know that. You've, you've got, I mean, the, the devil's in the details. Um, you've got to look at, you know, what are you spending money on? Actually be able to track it, not just have a, a gut feeling of, hey, is it positive? Is it negative? Um, you just, you actually need to put it on paper right. and really get your arms around it. And sometimes you breathe a sigh of relief when you do that. Yeah. You know, you, it's like, okay, I'm going to be okay here. Or, or even if there's uh, uh, issues with it, if it's too close to being uh, equal, um, uh, uh, you know, the income and expenses, then there's still a sigh of relief. You're like, okay, I can trim this expense. I mean, it's, it's, it's budgeting 101 is yeah. what it is. You know, back to this um, idea of investing purely in growth for retirement, I wonder how many retirees had Facebook shares in their uh, retirement account. Probably most. Yeah. Uh, especially if it's in a fund. If it's in a growth fund. So Facebook shares tumbled Thursday after the social media company warned that its growth is slowing. Facebook shares fell 19%. I don't know what did it do yesterday. Uh, it was down slightly, I believe. Okay, so it didn't, it didn't rebound no, immediately. It was down point seven eight percent yesterday. So it's still down though. Yeah. So it did not snap right back, which no. I'm sure tons of people jumped in and bought it, expecting a snapback. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the danger of relying on growth because this was one of the highest of the high flyers, right? So their the market cap, it wiped out about $120 billion in market cap for yeah. Facebook on that drop. Um, Twitter uh, yesterday was down 20%. So yesterday. the same amount almost as Facebook. Yeah. So you, you're seeing the, the areas that were basically being priced to perfection. Um, I mean, Facebook's earnings weren't bad, uh, but the growth, uh, the, the indication was that growth was going to be slowing. Uh, and when you get something that has a high multiple, now Facebook isn't as high as Twitter or Amazon even, uh, but it still had a relatively high uh, multiple. And right. when you start seeing growth slow down, that's when you, you, you have the, the valuation go become more normalized. So I'm sure people are thinking, okay, when is Amazon going to? Stub their toe. Right. Their earnings were actually pretty good. Um, I, I think the stock was up about 4% yesterday. Okay. Um, but, yes, I mean, it, it, you're looking on Amazon you know, as a P.E. of 228. Uh, right. But their earnings were good yesterday. Public pensions are earning more than 8%. That's unlikely to go on much longer. I'm not sure that they're really earning that much. I don't know about whether I completely believe this well article they they've they had they're not earning eight percent that that's the that's the issue they've they have it in their growth model that they have to earn that, that. they have to earn eight percent and they're not earning it they're earning you know between five and seven percent right um and the what what this is article's talking about is that <clears throat> if they lower the growth expectation in the modeling that that makes the pension more underfunded yeah um and oh yeah and what are the ramifications of that you know, so they don't want to look at that either exactly so they're they're living in this in this uh fantasy world it, it'd be like 
uh, our clients, you know, saying, okay, I can take a 8%. Or if we told people we're going to average 12% a year for you, so just figure out your whole spending patterns based on that. Right. Which, by the way, we don't tell people that. So don't <laughs> – somebody could listen and, and say, oh, he's promising 12%. No, I'm just using it as a uh, – as a what if right so but pensions they they it's the law of averages uh it's not just a single person um yeah and that's 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 the problem with law it. of large numbers law of large numbers uh but they're having to uh reduce that uh there's more and more pressure to do so because it's not a realistic number an eight percent uh especially you know you're getting you know, late in the cycle, um, you know, what are the chances? They haven't hit that in the last right 10 years on, on average. What are the chances they're going to hit that going forward? Private pension products sold by felon wipes investors out. You know, I, I tell you, it's amazing what I, I've seen otherwise what I would call pretty smart people fall for things that just were crazy. Yeah, and this was something that this guy was selling, which was obviously a Ponzi scheme. Mm -hmm. You know, it was promising big returns and that sort of thing, and people will simply lose their minds if you promise them some big return that isn't available. Right, and and the, the sad look at how much money they gave to Bernie Madoff. Absolutely, and the sad thing is, I mean, even I mean, you have the private uh, investor doing it, but then you also had. Uh, advisors uh putting client money in this you know it, it's just do do your due diligence and and look and see where's the money coming from how's it being funded i mean this whole thing was basically uh he would buy uh, a, a stream of income from a pension yeah um, and then when that dried up so did the payout to the investors yeah and i'm sure some of the money went into this guy's pocket too oh yeah absolutely so you know it's just it amazes me that, that people will fall for this kind of thing, but they don't do their work. All right, stay with us. We're going to have a special guest after the uh, hour, half hour here. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show News Radio 630 WP. Help presents the world's worst boss, the one who posts jobs on huge national job sites. Looking for anyone with a pulse. We'll just call him Dave. Team, I recently learned that a good boss has to know how to delegate. What? That means I get to have other people do the things I don't want to do. So from now on, Tina, you'll be driving me to work. <gasps> Bill, here's my laundry. Jack, talk to my wife when she calls. Remember, you have to pretend you're interested or she gets really mad. Don't work for a Dave. Find a boss you can respect. One who's looking for great and local talent at helpwantedlexington.com. Local jobs that work. Fun summer vibes at the Kentucky State Fair, August 16th through the 26th. Hear all your favorite tunes at the Texas Roadhouse Concert Series in the new Bluegrass Village. 11 nights, 26 bands, all free. Save money, get your half-price State Fair parking code and limited edition souvenir State Fair cup available at any rally's location through August 15th. For tickets and info, visit kystatefair.org today. The Kentucky State Fair, presented by Rallies. The University of Kentucky is much more than a place of learning. We're an economic driver for the Commonwealth. A $3.7 billion enterprise of academics, research, and healthcare. And one of Kentucky's largest employers. 77% of UK graduates are employed in Kentucky five years after graduation and earn 25% more than the national average 10 years after enrolling. 
See how we're moving Kentucky forward at uky.edu. See blue. More than 60 wildfires continue to burn in 13 states. The worst, the car fire near Redding, California. ABC's Kana Whitworth is in Redding with the latest. The raging car fire in Northern California on a relentless path of destruction. The inferno decimating homes and devastating families. The wildfire nearly doubling in size in just 12 hours, forcing thousands to abandon their home. The Red Cross taking in hundreds of displaced residents overnight, bringing the total number of evacuees close to 38,000. Two firefighters have been killed. The Vatican says Pope Francis accepted the resignation of Theodore McCarrick from the church's College of Cardinals amid sexual abuse allegations. He's the first U.S. Cardinal to ever resign. President Trump is spending the weekend at his New Jersey golf club on Twitter Friday. He denied the allegations made by his former attorney Michael Cohen. Sources tell ABC Cohen claims Trump knew in advance about a 2016 meeting between members of his campaign and a Russian lawyer. Brian Clark, ABC News. As we kick off the first part of your weekend, we're seeing a beautiful day unfold here across the bluegrass. A September-like field taking over. We'll see mostly sunny skies went out as temperatures climb into the upper 70s and lower 80s. Tonight, a few clouds move in. It's calm and cool with lows in the lower 60s. For your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP, I'm WKYT meteorologist Chris Johnson. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. Don't miss Cadillac's Made to Move Summer event going on now at Quantrell. You'll find incredible savings, make your best deal, and get 0% 60-month financing. Plus, you'll receive $2,000 down payment assistance on most new 2018 Cadillacs through July 31st. With approved credit through GM Financial, payments are $1,667 per $1,000 financed. This offer excludes XTS. Or if you prefer, we have exceptional lease options available. Come into Quantrell Cadillac today. What interest rate would you rather pay on your credit card debt? 17% or less than 6% APR? The answer is obvious, Lightstream. Because with Lightstream, you may be able to consolidate credit card debt and dramatically cut your interest rate to as low as 5.89% APR with AutoPay. Plus, radio listeners get an additional rate discount. Just go to lightstream.com slash goal. With average interest rates on credit card debt at 17% APR, Lightstream could save you thousands in interest. And because Lightstream is a division of SunTrust Bank, one of the nation's largest and strongest financial institutions, you can have complete peace of mind. The application takes just minutes, and there are no fees and no pressure. Just lower rates, one low fixed monthly payment, and huge savings. So if you have good credit, apply today and get a special interest rate discount when you go to lightstream.com slash goal. That's lightstream.com slash goal. Lightstream.com slash goal. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com for more information. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show, we have a special guest. Uh, but first, let me say that the uh, school board here in, in Fayette County has decided to impose a tax, and really, they can just declare the tax, and it goes on your property tax bill, and you have nothing you can do about it. Ron Vissing uh, is with us in the studio. Good morning, Ron. Glad to have you here. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It's good yes. to see you and Mike again. Yes, sir. Um, 
he has started he and uh, another fella have and, and we're going to get him he's going to be calling in at some point uh i think um your, your, yeah dan rose dan rose have started an effort to recall uh this decision by the school board and put it on the ballot because we don't like taxation without representation which is exactly what this is it, the school board members are elected they are elected but you know we don't tend to think of them as a taxing authority which exactly. uh, they and that's our whole opposition see, to this yeah so just describe it a little bit if yeah you. well first let me say that our group is not opposed to the safety plan the 10 point safety plan that the school released we we are 100 percent behind that in fact we think it should be implemented today and not wait for some tax increase to go through. Right. They have the money in the budget right now to do that. There's a line item in the budget. It's called contingency funds. By law, they have to keep 2% of their uh, annual budget in that fund, which would be roughly $10 million. Right now, they've got $31.5 million in that contingency fund. So if they wanted to take the $13 million and implement the safety plan, they could do it tomorrow. Right. Why are they not doing this? That's a very good question. Well, and the the other thing that's got a lot of people confused is, uh, by law, they can't increase taxes by four percent or more, and people are looking at this saying, "Wait a minute, this is a nickel per hundred dollars. That's five percent. How can they get away with this?" Well, it's not the annual compensatory increase that they're allowed to do every year. This is a special project called a nickel fund tax levy, right? And it's it's. It was meant for building new schools for, for communities and towns that didn't have a, a, a tax base you know, a broad enough to support building a new school. Right. So it's, it's kind of a misuse of that nickel fund, and we're trying to get a hold of the, the application. They have to apply for that to the Kentucky Department of Education yeah. and spell out what they're going to do with this nickel fund levy. And we haven't seen that because it's mainly for building construction. Now, they're going to be using it to hire counselors, law enforcement, um, training. So it's mainly supposed to be a capital type exactly. of... Uh, a, a, a capital fund to build new schools or to renovate right. schools. And it's probably not meant to be permanent, I would I would guess. No, and that's there is no sunset provision in that, that law. Okay. Which is concerning, but... So the bottom line is anybody who owns property here in Fayette County knows it, it, whether they escrow their their money with their mortgage uh, for for their taxes and insurance or whether they pay it at the end of the year, they know how much property taxes are. And they're, they're you know, depending upon your house, it's somewhere around 1%. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a, another thing that would in, in, increase that just a little bit, but Still, it's this creeping government into our wallets kind of thing that this could actually go up again by August 31st. As I said, this is not the the compensatory increase that they're allowed every year. This is a special levy. So it could we so, could be looking at nine percent. And what they do is you you the the PVA provides the Department of Education with the total property or the total value of assets of real property in that county. They take the current school tax rate against that and if it's less than four percent of an increase in in revenue they can adjust that tax rate up to get the four percent really yes so this affects our clients anybody that that we uh deal with that lives in fayette county this is effect now 
in the interest of making uh, making sure we're not alienating people who think we're trying to say no to a safety uh, measure, of course we're for student safety. But um, I'm wondering if they're even going about that in the right way. They should not be holding uh, student and teachers. We forget about the teachers. They talk about the students all the time in school safety. This is to protect the teachers as well. And they talk about this, but they're holding it hostage to this tax increase. I mean, yeah. if, they, if they really wanted to do it, again, they could use some of their contingency funds or they could just do a 2% across-the-board cut on all their expenditures. And I'm un- I wonder – with, we have, they, you have, they have more administrators in the school system yeah, than they have teachers. That's what I was going to say. That was my next comment Sorry. is how much fat in the system is there that could be cut out and, and removed. If uh, it's like any other organization, you know there's more than 3%. Yeah, there's got to be. Yeah. You've been doing this kind of thing for a while, Ron. Uh you know, you 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 do some things on another radio station here in town. You you've got no, uh, it's uh, you're no stranger to this type of thing. In fact, you called yourself an agent provocateur on the <laughs> phone the other day, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, and uh, before we let me give out the uh, website of our petition drive. It's FayetteTaxVote.com. Again, FayetteTaxVote.com. Right. What people can do is we've got instructions on there. You can go, you download the petition form. If you don't know your precinct, you have to fill in the precinct name and number at the top of the form. And if you don't know that, we've got a link to the county clerk's website where you type in your name, address, and street type. Right. And it'll bring up the precinct name and number for you. I think we have Dan on the phone also. Welcome, Dan. Yeah, hey, good morning, Tom and Ron. Yeah, as Ron was explaining, uh, the key to this uh, vote petition effort is going to be to get the word out to people to uh, how to sign the petition, which is at the website FayetteTaxVote.com. We can't imagine that the uh, voters of Fayette County uh, would not want an opportunity to weigh on in on this uh, tax increase. You know, as, as you've said, Tom, the, the tax has been creeping up, creeping up. Actually, the tax rate in Fayette County for most people is 1.2 percent. Right. Not one percent. Is people again? It's a slow. It's a slow bleed. They've been uh, they've been doing to us over the last uh, ten or fifteen years. Uh, and I think uh, if people take a really close look at uh, the Fayette County School Board budget, they would understand that this money uh, it can be found. You know, as Ron indicated, they've got a contingency fund that's well in excess of what's needed to fund this. Uh, a lot of people may not realize that there are more non-instructional employees in the Fayette County public school system than there are instructional uh, employees and teachers. Uh, there's a surplusage of overhead, administrative bloat. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. All of these people that are in the administrative office and central office, what do these people do? Good question. Do you know what they do? Uh, I think a lot of them basically just have, uh, have make-work jobs. They're all... Uh, you know, monitoring what each other are doing, uh, and that they won't—they won't really tell you. I mean, Ron and I have taken a hard look at their uh, their most recent budget, and the numbers are very, very um, opaque. You, it's very hard to parse through the even the even the budget figures and how they classify the spending. Uh, you know, one thing we hope our effort—and uh, again, it's FayetteTaxVote.com—and that's the, the the we're trying to drive this whole petition effort through the website. Uh, the petitions on there, the information about our various efforts we're undertaking is on there. 
We're planning on having some public meetings at the public libraries next weekend. We're also uh, trying to encourage people to go door to door uh, in their precincts. But uh, but we're, apart from the petition drive, we, we think uh, we hope this might prompt somebody, uh, an independent uh, body or an independent group of people, to take a hard look at the Fayette County School Board budget. I'm not aware of there being any kind of independent effort to look at their budget over the last 10, 20 years or at all ever and to determine, you know, is all this spending needed? I mean, the per pupil spending in Fayette County is approaching 13,000 a student. Uh, the national average is 11,000 a student. There are other districts around the country that have as good, if not better performance for much less money per student. The state of Utah spends $7,500 per student. Right. Now, I think, I think that's a very good point. And there needs to be some kind of effort made, and, and I salute you guys for getting behind this. This is citizen activism at its best. Yeah, actually, we our first intent was to make this a, a social media-driven drive, but we've gotten emails from neighborhood leaders who are out canvassing their neighborhoods right now. The energy behind this and the anger behind this is phenomenal. That's great. Like I said, we in, we intended it to be social media driven only, but there are people right now knocking on doors in their neighborhoods. So it's <laughs> and Tom, it's really it's gonna it's really we thank uh, thank you and, and WLAP because what we're up against is really just getting the word out. You yeah. know, the establishment is against us, and it's just me, <clears throat> Ron, and I, and the other members of the committee, Adrian Grizel. Ray Price and, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, Ray Davis and uh, Tom Lipinski, uh, and, and and unless we get the word out, it, we're, we're, we don't have much of a chance. But we feel like if we can get people to spread the word, go to our website, uh, forward that forward that link to everyone they know, uh, we we may have a fighting chance. FayetteTaxVote.com. Com, correct. And uh, regarding the uh, public meetings we're going to be having at the libraries, we'll have something on the website about the time and location. We haven't gotten, we've reserved the rooms at the libraries. They haven't confirmed yet to us. Right. They want to know what we were going to be doing with it. Sure. But uh, we'll, we'll have that information up on the website. People can come and either sign a petition or they can get a stack of petitions to take and canvas their neighborhoods with. Right. I think it's great what you guys are doing. I appreciate uh, your efforts in this regard. Well, thanks for having us on and promoting it. Okay, so that's FayetteTaxVote.com. We've had Ron Vissing, Dan Rose on the phone. Guys, I appreciate it very much, and, and uh, God bless you. May I hope this effort will, will cause uh, the issue to be put to a vote. Uh, sometime in the fall. Hey, we'll certainly keep you updated. Okay, great. Thanks. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thanks. You're listening Thank to you. the Tom Dupree Show. We'll go to a break here. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. Alexa, I need to know the news. I added to know the news to your shopping list. Oh, boy. Uh, how about this? Alexa, play News Radio 630 WLAP on iHeartRadio. There you go. Wasn't that easier? Wait, what? Nothing. Here's the station you asked for. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree, Jr., our firm, Dupree Financial Group, has been engaged in the management of retirement investment accounts of our clients for nearly 14 years. My personal time in the investment business spans 40 years. We bring experience to the table in managing your retirement dollars. If you would like a seasoned and experienced manager to handle your investment portfolio, then give us a call. 
To schedule a complimentary review of your retirement investments, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 or send an email to info at dupreefinancial.com. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays at 7 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 and DupreeFinancial.com. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. Be wary of mutual funds run by hedge fund managers, or you could actually just say be wary of mutual funds. <laughs> yes. Uh, if your mutual fund manager has a hedge fund on the sign, you may wonder if you're getting the best of his love. Those suspicions will be fanned by a recent study that finds that mutual fund managers who also run hedge funds significantly underperform their mutual fund peers from 2005 to 2011 mutual funds managed side by side with hedge funds underperformed peer funds by an eighth or 80 basis points to 2.2 percent according to measures that control for fund style so what are you saying here that they're good they're more concerned about the hedge fund because they can make more money with it yeah uh you have to follow where the money is um because the 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 way hedge funds are structured um they get the manager gets a uh uh higher uh that you get a performance uh, incentive fee plus a management fee on it right Uh, and what the studies found that especially with uh ipos um and certain things they typically uh will funnel those to the hedge fund uh, more of the higher uh, performance yeah. things or expected performances funneled to the hedge fund. Um, so it's it's not saying that necessarily if somebody runs a hedge fund that it, that they're favoring that necessarily, but the, the it runs the risk that that could be a conflict of interest. You know, they, yeah. they you have to be careful. Um, uh, just and just go into it, no realizing that. So it just it, it muddies the waters further on funds and fund managers. Right. Yeah, I mean that's the reason why I say we don't sell insurance or something like that because we want to have a focus for our clients on taking care of our clients alone. Right. And not, uh, you know, not trying to sell a product to them that sort of thing. It, it, it all comes back to how is the person incentivized. Yeah, exactly. Wall Street rushes into a new asset class. Goldman Sachs, GSO Partners, and KKR. It's hard to adm- imagine better credentials in finance for the founders of Al Rock Capital Partners. Um, so this is a... This is a a loan fund that you're talking about here. So th- this is the the loan industry sector in general. Um, so a, a business development company, a BDC, uh, a lot of times they'll make a loan to a smaller company that they don't need financing in the sense of they they can't go either. 
they're small and they can't get the financing from a bank or, uh, or there's there's something that, where they can't secure the the loan. So you have this money, uh, which could be from uh, private equity like a KKR, um, where they loan this business money uh, with the expectation, obviously, of getting paid back the interest plus the principal on the end. Um, what the the sector's gotten crowded. I mean, this is an old line. I mean, this is finance in its simplest form, really. Right. It's a loan. Um, but most of these loans have a floating rate component. Yeah. But with the expectation of interest rates going up, a lot of money has been funneled to this uh, by investors. So they've collected a lot of money. And like anything in any market, when you get a lot of money going towards something, uh, there's more competition. Yeah. So either the quality goes down, so they're making loans to companies that maybe shouldn't get the loan um, because the expectation of pay uh, of getting paid back is lower, or they lower the um, uh, uh, the terms uh, on the on the loan where they're more favorable to the borrower than to the lender. Right. So both of those together equals more risk. Um, so this industry has, because it's gotten so popular, has gotten more risky. Yeah. Um, and so it's an area that, in like with anything in the market, the more money that goes to it, the more people talk about it, and the more and it, it steamrolls. More and more money goes to and it, and the more expensive it gets, which means it's more overbought and subject to a big time backup. Yes. I remember when these floating rate funds got in in vogue more than once in my career and then you know or junk bonds would get into that sort of territory and then then you'd have a backup yeah and and, and we've we've looked at some of these bdc companies because they're, they're publicly traded like uh aries or so, some of these um but the the issue has been always how do you know what the quality of the loans that they've made are and that's always been a uh a hang-up for us. Um, how do you really know what's inside of that? You don't. Right. That's the problem. Right. You have no way of knowing. And uh, you find out later on. You know, th this is why you have to be very careful with funds mm -hmm. of any kind. And most of the people listening have probably large amounts of money in mutual funds. When you invest with Dupree Financial Group – little ad here uh you are typically for the most part getting your money invested in individual securities now we do use mutual funds for the bond component a short-term bond component which you know there could be some risk in that also but we try to stay on top of that because we want our clients to earn a little more than zero on their short-term uh money right so we use we use those bond funds for for the short term part of the portfolio, but for the biggest part of the portfolio, we use individual securities where we can analyze exactly where our money's going and how well it's doing. Well, and uh, here recently with all the uh, ups and downs, especially the downs, is what gives you opportunities. Right. Uh, we've we've been able to add several new companies to the portfolio uh, because of you know, the sector's out of favor or, 
Uh, it's just, you know, you had money moving out and the stock price had gone down. So we've been able to add some new companies to the portfolio. Uh, what are and, some and, of those? Uh, one of them, the most recent one, uh, is a company called Illinois Toolworks. And again, this is not a recommendation, uh, uh, but it, this company, it's an old company. Um, they're, they're an industrial company, uh, but they have seven essentially business segments uh, everything from automotive to to welding to energy, um, uh, specialty chemicals. Uh, but so you have seven lines of business, and each one is run basically as its own company. Right. Um, a lot of the the brands, if you will, uh, you might not listeners might not be familiar with, uh, but they do own a couple uh, retail uh, brands like uh, Black Magic, which is the the tire shine yeah uh, rain x rain x is another one um and but it, it's it's a patent company really that's a they also thing. make yeah and they make uh the uh, gas tank lids that don't have a cap on them yeah uh, and even uh they an old old patent that they have is uh uh like the plastic rings that uh pop cans go in you know they yeah. had the old, an old patent on that um, so it's all these uh, this diverse um, uh, business model that they have. Well, what's attractive about it? Um, they've raised the dividend consistently for many, many years. Yeah. Um, and here recently, because it's an industrial, you've seen a lot of the industrials pull back recently um, uh, because fears of tariffs, trade wars. Um, it's a we believe is a good opportunity to to buy the stock right and and this is not a trade you know we're not buying it today to hopefully sell it next month um we watch the valuations on these things because we we used to own we we owned illinois toolworks we sold it about two years ago uh-huh. uh because the valuations were high uh but now they look attractive so it's it's not a trading; it's a buy and hold, but it's a buy and watch. Yeah, you know, you have to continuously watch what's going on in the sector with the company specifically, and what people are paying for it at that time. The multiple. Another recent buy was Caterpillar. Mm-hmm. Um, Caterpillar obviously, you know, has been affected by uh, tariffs and uh, trade talks. Um, <clears throat> that's one we've looked at for years. It's a great company. Um, and at the price we got it, we think that it's a good entry point. Yeah. Well, you know, just keep in mind, if you're a retirement investor, if you're investing for retirement, if you're, if you have money in mutual funds, if you have money in annuities, any kind of investment that you may not fully understand, you can give us a call at 859-233-0400 or send an email to info at deprefinancial.com or look at our website, which is deprefinancial.com. We'd love to meet with you, sit down and talk about what's in your portfolio and maybe give you some ideas or at least some clarification about what you do own. Thank you for listening today. I uh, hope it's been helpful. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson. Uh, on News Radio 630 WLAP. Hope you have a great weekend. Take care, everybody. Call us at 233 0400. Take care.